Hey everybody, St. Paul Peterson here, and welcome to another edition of Music on the Run. Our third episode to be exact, today's guest, none other than Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson's a singer, songwriter, producer, actor. I mean, she does it all, I'll tell you what. Remember all those great hits she had like Electric Youth, Out of the Blue, Lost in Your Eyes? Well, Foolish Beat made Gibson the youngest female artist to write, produce, and perform a number one Billboard single. Now, full disclosure, I've been touring with Debbie for about the last five years, and we've just had a blast. She's out touring. She's had a hell of a year. She's going to talk about her new TV show. She's going to talk about her tour that she just got off of with the new kids on the block called the Mixtape Tour and all sorts of other things. You'd be surprised all the things that we cover. That's on this edition of Music on the Run. And if you like what you're hearing here today, make sure you go back to where you get your podcast and press the subscribe button, first of all. Also, give us a rating. And if you have time, please write us a review. Most importantly, please share it with all of your friends so we can get some more partners up in here. We want everybody to know all the great guests that we have on here and all the tips that we're able to give you through these interviews. Hey everybody, St. Paul Peterson here. Welcome to another edition of Music on the Run. Wait till you see, hear, hear and see this show. Um, by the way, if you like what you've been hearing, we've been having such a fantastic time. Did you know that you can see the actual videos of this as well? Go to the website, which is Music on the Run podcast.com.com music on the <laughs> music on the run podcast.com for all sorts of information behind the scenes stuff we'll send you to the right places but without further ado i'm so blessed to be sitting in the kitchen of my dear friend um she's an award-winning singer actor dancer, producer, songwriter. She sold 16, not 15, 16 million records. She started over, is it over 17 musicals or is it 17 on the button? Yeah, so it's How's the wiki page doing? It was 17 musicals in 17 years. Not all on Broadway, but I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. But yes, I did 17 in 17 years. My girl just finished a huge tour with New Kids on the Block, amongst many other fun people as well. She has a hit new TV show called... America's Most Talented Family. America's Most Musical Family. Oh, why did they, see, they had it wrong on the... No, musical. I, I don't know. Most That's okay. Musical... Family. Yeah, America's Most Musical Family. Well, it's all right. We'll that's get okay. it right. We I mean, it. we said it three times, so that's a good thing. I like it's that. It's so bad when, you have a, when you're a girl and you have an iPhone in front of you because you just keep fixing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're wearing a ponytail. Facing towards you. You're like, I need the ponytail showing. Here's okay. the most important stuff. Yes. She's a fellow wiener dog lover. <laughs> and most importantly, my friend, and I've adopted her as my little sis. Please yes. welcome Debbie Gibson to the show. Hello. I'm down. And How the wiener long? dogs are like in the We're, kitchen with us. Well, they will, they'll make their appearance later, won't they? Yeah, one's here snoozing away. And where'd Joey go? I think he, other, Joey's with Joey. Yes, that's hysterical. Uh, I Our know. mutual they friend like, Joey Finger's here, and my wiener dog Joey is with Joey. So Joey Finger, who is my best friend on the planet, is the reason why I know you. I know. How sweet is that? So cool. Yeah, that's a, it's a good soulful connection. 
really it is. is. That's a really good way of putting it. So what's a Brooklyn girl doing in Las Vegas? Oh, how does my goodness. One, how does one get from Brooklyn all the way to, to Vegas? That's such a good question. So I was in New York, and then I was in L.A. a lot of my adult life, kind of back and forth, or I'd okay. keep a place there or whatever. And then I was in L.A. for 10 years, and I met my now ex while I was in L.A., and we did a lot oh, of... There's Joey. There's Joey. Hi, Joey. You want to be on camera? Joey. Oh, do you Come here. Want, he wants to be on Mama's lap or your lap. He might want to be in your lap. Oh, my God. This is Joey. So cute. Oh. The best. Joey is He's French a kisser. made it inside of the mouth. Yes, it's not good. Oh, this is Joey the wiener dog I'm holding right now. He's for those amazing. of you who are not watching this. He's amazing. Okay, okay so... Okay, so uh, your man of... Your ex. My ex. My ex-man. Your ex-man. Uh, and I used to do like little weekend jaunts to Vegas, as you do. Okay. And we were like, well, we really like it here. But him more than me at first. Mm. And we started renting a place here. And then we were back and forth. And then, you know, and I've done this a lot of my life. And when you're in showbiz and you're a female and you have two homes, it oh, becomes yeah. stupid. Because you're like... I'm going doing a promo tour. Where are my clothes? And, and to be like a 45-minute flight apart from your other house right. or a four-hour right, right. drive is just stupid, mm -hmm. I think. So we just picked one, and we picked Vegas. And at first, I didn't love it. I'm not going to lie. I just huh. think, I don't know. I got kind of hibernational. I think I missed like the hustle and bustle a little bit. Really? Yeah, but I think I kind of got hibernational just within my relationship, and that's what I discovered. Um. So when we split, I was like, you know... I could go anywhere right now. I was like, I could go back to LA, I could go back to New York, I could stay here. And it was my dear friend, Matt Goss, who said, you need to stay in Vegas. He's like, don't be like all the other people who go back to LA and live in LA. Because yeah. what, what he discovered and what I did discover too is like, um, when you are doing a lot of promotion and touring and everything, it is nice to be somewhere that's not showbiz, showbiz, showbiz 24 mm. seven. And not that New York is, and I do love seasons, but I have grown to love waking up every day and seeing the sun shining and even- I can see how you would like that, considering yes. that I just came from minus three back home. There's something really life-affirming about it and seeing the mountains and yeah. kind of like, you know, I live in a very normal, like I have people in my life that like to tell me I'm normal. I always think I'm very eccentric, but my- but. I, think I don't know. The, I mean, I don't, know. Like, I don't I, think I, you're I, that eccentric. Sorry. I know. That's Sorry what, that's what my therapist your, uh, says. My agent says. They, everybody's yeah. like, same thing. They go, you know what? You're in kind of normal, like old school values type girl who's in a very modern showbiz world. So, and in a very homey home, which by the way, yeah. I, I think I said that where we were, but we're sitting in Deb's kitchen in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it's Thank so you. comfortable, and I have a wiener dog in yes. my hands sleeping. I, so I am like a very normal. So my, my point is, this neighborhood I'm in is really normal. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I used to say like, oh, I don't want to make any new friends. That sounds exhausting. Well, the girl down my down the street from me is my pet sitter, and she's now my friend, and I've made new friends, and like, it's a neighborhoody neighborhood. Like, if I'm on the road, my neighbor might check to see if. The trash needs to go out. Like oh, sure. people You're look in the after burbs, each baby. other. I'm in the burbs. Yeah. But I'm 20 to 30 minutes from chic restaurants and chic True. shows, music and things and, and, and all the neon and all that if I want it. But I hardly get to the strip. <laughs> You'd rather so bowl. I, I'd rather bowl. What's up with bowling in you? I actually have my own bowling ball. It's upstairs. Oh I have my, my God. Shoes what color? Well, I'm from Long Island. Blue. 
Blue bowling Blue. ball. Okay. Um, oddly, I got it in London because I was like missing home. I was like missing New York, and I ended up getting a bowling. Anyway, it's a during your time over there, during my a- time doing Greece. Oh wow! Yeah, I was there for a year. Didn't you beat out uh, uh, like one million other women <laughs> to get that part or something like that? I yes, and the funny thing is, so I was supposed to do it on Broadway, and they didn't have the film music and the producers. So the film music was exclusive to Robert Stigwood who produced the movies. Okay. And a lot of people don't know that Greece was a stage musical first that originated in Chicago. I didn't know that. I, didn't know that. I know. Hmm. So there were songs in it like, I'm trying to, I can't even remember the songs that replaced. There wasn't a Hopelessly Devoted. There wasn't a You're the One That I Want. Really? Yeah, there was, um, I can't, see, I can't even remember, and I did the, the other show, because the movie musical, the movie music is so memorable, obviously. So I went over to London, and they caught wind that I was there promoting an album, and I caught wind there was a new production of Grease happening, and I knew that the Broadway was an option for me. Uh-huh. And then I found out from Robert Stigwood himself, oh, no, no, darling, I did not give, uh, by the way, Ahmed Erdogan, Eartha Kitt, and Robert Stigwood all talked, <laughs> spoke the same. <laughs> Um, like I always sound like I'm doing like a darling. Like Eartha has yeah. a little more more of that, and Ahmed was like darling. And then Robert Stigwood had a. It was these like really high powered, really cool people right. that I've gotten to work with. But cool so, but Robert Stigwood said like basically no, I did not grant um, the New York production the rights to use the film music. But we have the film music, and we love you know. So they auditioned me, and it, and a lot of people just think you get handed Broadway and well, West End roles. Deborah Gibson would get the part. Oh, well, she wants to do it? Cool. I did lay mitt, but you know, these a lot of these old timers didn't know my pop career. So right. they knew I'd sell tickets, but they you still have to legitimately be able to do the eight shows a week. Which, by right. the way, I have people who are, you know, world-class pop singers say to me like, oh yeah, Broadway, whatever. And I go, okay, I've done them both. Right. And on one hand, when you're doing your pop thing, it's, only your name on a marquee, right? So mm-hmm. if you get sick, the show doesn't happen. It's right. all on you for that hour and a half or two hours or however long you play. However, as the artist slash writer, you can change keys. You have a microphone True. a half an inch from your face. Right. You can go sing with me. You can change the set list. You're giving away all your tricks and tips when you and don't feel so, well. Well, yeah, I mean, like we well, all do it. that's good, though. We all do it. And, but Broadway... You can't change a thing, and your microphone is that big, and it's up on your forehead. So you're like, there's no like, I'm going to work the mic and sing like this. There's like, everything is projected and technical. Like, even the low stuff that's meant to sound quiet has like a projection to it, and there's this other skill set in your vocal technique when you do Broadway. So how do you stay, I mean, but this is a perfect segue into why we're doing this podcast. How do you stay healthy doing eight shows a week? Well, whether whether it be uh, on Broadway or in London or whether it's uh, you know a touring with the new kids on the block, is it similar? Is it because uh, you're stationary when you're in London? Right. So I will be really honest. Like I did the new kids on the block block mixtape tour this past summer. Right. I couldn't have done a Broadway show this summer. What's um, the diff? It's very different. It's um, the difference. I don't know. I I feel like okay. It's a weird kind of like different type of stamina you need to live on a bus. Like we lived on a bus like five, six nights a week because there are five, six shows a week and it doesn't pay to get a day room to get your sleep interrupted, right. to get your crap out for right, four right. hours. Come here, Joey. Let me put you down, boo-boo. Goodbye. Right, doggy. 
Um, so in that regard, it's like one kind of stamina. But like vocally, because, you know, I was sick. I dealt with Lyme disease. We can get a little into that if you want yeah, yeah. or not or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just I'm finding my way back to my like deeper strength and my vocal stamina and like my, how do I put it? My voice when I'm like overtired, wired, which is how I spent a lot of the last 10 years from being sick. Right. Um, like and tra- kind of like catapulting myself out of a cannon to do shows just because I want yeah, to. Yeah, because you've got to psych yourself up and make a living. Yes. Too. And yes. you want to you want And you want to, like sure. spiritually, yeah. I want something to get out of bed for in the morning and yeah, because you course. can get sick and stay sick. I learned that. Oh, yeah. But the deeper, warmer, richer, more controlled part of my voice still isn't back yet to the place I want it to be. So, mm. like, I wouldn't dare step on a Broadway stage right now, honestly, wow. with respect to that okay. art form. Because I know what it is and what... I can do right now what I can't do right now. It's frustrating, but I've learned how to be accepting of where I am because I'm just like, you know what? People go through crap and right. I'm lucky to be alive. That's and I don't want to get all my self-worth from what notes I can hit or how my notes sound. Right. You know, um, so it's it's a challenge. I mean, I make it sound very um, easy right now. Oh yeah, but I do a lot of work on myself with that because it is, it's tricky. I mean, a lot of people deal with all kinds of things with their body or, you know, we all don't want to acknowledge that age exists, but, you know, it does. The beauty of my process is I could do more things now than I could five years ago. So I don't buy into the age thing. I just think it's like whatever your path is takes you on some twists and turns and you adapt. Is that through and- education or is that just through getting comfortable in your own skin? Yeah, it's through kind of like education by fire. I mean, I've had to do okay. my own self-discovery with all this stuff, really. Right. And I look, I have an amazing longtime therapist. I believe in therapy. Right. It's like, you know. Good for you. It's like That's going to the they, gym. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are people that are just really great at it and intuitive and, that's, you know, their profession. And so I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, well, isn't it funny how much it mental game it is in the music business? I mean, it, yes. it, it's... And just in life, look, we all say, like, the stupidest things to ourselves, which is stupid too, right? Um, but, like, no, we all say things to ourselves that are so destructive to ourselves. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't say it You're to our best friend. You're not good enough. You right. can't hit that note. Yeah, you shouldn't be is... writing anymore. Right. You're done. I mean... I, How'd oh, you get in my head? No. <laughs> it's like, get off the shoulder. Get over there. Right, it's kazoo, right? Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you like the Flintstones. Yes, oh, that's so good. No wonder like, I love you. Yes, it's like, who? Right, and so... Um, yeah, I think I've learned a lot of skills and how to go like shh, shh, quiet those yeah. voices. And like, even as... Listen, as recently as yes, yesterday, last night, having a rough night, couldn't sleep, feeling sick. When right. I get sick, I, first of all... I, there's no such thing for me anymore as like, oh, I just may have a cold. I'm like, it could be a Lyme flare. It could be a this. It could be a, like, I sure. ample, immediately it's Stay a trigger. Stay off the internet. Right, it's a trigger, <laughs> yes. Stay, somebody, a comedian said was like, you know, I was on the internet because I didn't feel well and by morning I was dead. Like, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> they will have you dead. That's it, like, for in, sure. You know, by the fifth search that you do. Oh, yeah. But, right, so I amplify already and then I go, well, oh my God, if I'm feeling sick, how am I going to get on the plane Tuesday to do that press? And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. And I even go to which, you know, you laugh at this too because I go to like relationships. I go, oh my God, if I'm sick, how am I ever going to be in a relationship? Who's going to want to put up with this? I mean, there was a monologue Holly Hunter did in some movie and I can't remember the movie and it was that. She got so off on so many tangents. It was like she she got to like, you know, 
orphaned Afri- African babies. Like she got into like like her own head, her own spiral got her to, and then how am I going to help the kids in Africa? And then how am I going to, like oh you can God. go so far. That's, and literally that, I had to go, Deb, reel it back yeah. in. What do you need to do? What can you do mm. right this minute? Well, maybe you need some water. Maybe you need some protein. Simplify. Maybe you simplify, need to distract simplified. yourself and turn on a movie. Like, what can you do to help yourself right this yeah. minute? Yeah. And so that's been a biggie for me. What do you do when you're on the road? Explain what a typical day is now for you. Let's say you're on the road. Right? What, going out this summer, you had how many dates did you do? So I did 55 dates. In how long? 10 weeks. <laughs> and like three rehearsals. How did you, first of all, because you do deal with some issues with Lyme's disease, and we yeah. will get into that. Yeah. How do you prepare your, your body, your mind, your, your, uh, your yeah, the whole so thing? So I couldn't. So this is what was, has been um, scary and yet, like, again, life-altering to realize that when the bag of tricks you used to rely on just doesn't work anymore, mm. you have to, like go with whatever you have day to day. It's like walking on a tightrope. Right. But it's more real than your bag of tricks ever was in a weird way, if that mm, makes sense. Yeah. Because you never really were safe or knew what was going to happen day to day anyway. But I did have a certain baseline. Like I knew if I woke up and did yoga and I did this certain voice practice and I did ate this way and I'd, at least my baseline, my range of how good my show was going to be was like between here and here. So I feel like you- my margins are like this now because I I have to, so like, Again, going into like the past few days, I've been dying to work out. Mm-hmm. My first attempt at working out was just, it just wore me out. And then you're just not doing yourself any good. Um, so you can I talk just, to yourself and go, maybe not today, but tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And it's hard because I'm a right. doer. Right. It's like, I've always I been do a this. doer. Right. So to have to rest, to have to sit still is really hard for me. But, but, I, but I've learned like... It's not that I got sick and, le- and this stuff happened. Also, this mentality got me sick in the first place. Just being a doer, is that a, a, a attribute or a detriment? What, is that good or bad for you, being a doer? I mean... Does it get in your, do you get in your own way? I think like the type, like that type A thing... You are that. I grew up, but I've let a lot of it go. Like I have no problem now sure about that? being lazy. <laughs> I, really? I know, Really? Really? Really. I mean, I don't like it. I still resist it. Okay. But I give into it if I have to. You know, like there's a point to which I can push and a point beyond to where I shouldn't push. And I've learned to, I've learned saying no more. I mean, even as recently as like, you know, there were shows I wanted to see this past week. Yeah, right. And... Could I have pushed? Yeah, but it might have tanked me for like a week. Ooh. It's once you once you deal with anything. But again, I think people deal with this too. It's just that when you deal with a, an illness that comes up, it amplifies all the things that were already going on. Yeah, and like it puts you stress can get on your away body. with it, right? It so does. like, and nobody should say yes to. Th- I mean, look again. I will rally for things. I have to rally for a friend needed something this morning and I texted him and I said, listen, if you need me to juggle things today or rally for you, like I tend to rally better for other people than I do really? for myself. Yeah, it's like, okay. but again, there are situations where if people need you, you're gonna maybe rally. Yeah. If it's to go see a show, like it can wait. 
or it cannot happen. Right. And everyone's going to live. And also, a lot of that's your own ego, like my ego, like, oh, they really want me to be at that show. Do you think they remember today and care? I don't think they do. Oh, I mean, it would be nice, funny. but but I also think it looks bad. You start thinking like, I just grew up with that people pleaser thing, and I grew well, up with that yeah. like you show up and you, but that really can, I think that can get a lot of people in trouble, especially mm. little girls, because you know I've done a lot of like mentoring and camps and things. See, I've seen you do those camps. And I think little girls, for some reason, put so much pressure on themselves. I don't know what that is. But I think it's true. You were my first woman guest. Yes, on because this show. you have girls all around you. And, and yes. this is great information. Describe what you think the difference was. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit because yeah, I'm thinking yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're 17. Yep. You're a doer. Yep. You are on fire. What's different about you being 17 and someone coming up being 17 wanting to do the same thing? How has yeah, I love the that surroundings? Question changed um so lots of things um the the obvious social media thing right where um i don't think i ever like looked at um a scale and weighed myself or cared like i had no sense of my body image like i found a picture the other day and in fact i kind of want to pull it up do it do it we'll show it right um, on it by the way we, we do shoot video on this for oh, those of you listening he might not want you to see I'll, I'll zoom in on me do it okay okay, okay. No, I, I, of course because it's similar with me and him and he's kind of famous too well he is famous but so but my point is like i had so much baby fat i looked really tired like under my eyes was but nobody was living this filtered life. Nobody knew what a filter was. Right. Nobody knew what Botox was. Nobody right. knew, like, nobody in the 80s as a teenager was dieting. I mean, not that I know of. Hmm. Let me just see if I can find it. Hold on, and I will zoom in on me. Uh, okay, wait. You, Did you when find you it? see my face in this picture. Oh, hold on, let me, let me put it up here. How chubby was I? Now, does anybody out there remember me being like, chubby but that's that would chubby. not be the word that would come to mind when that i think is of you chubby like that's like somebody that's cute though it's Look at that. cute but that's somebody who's like eating really wrong not like and i was doing concerts every night but my point is like i was eating crappy food but the good news of that is is i was young and i was innocent and i had time to turn it around later and there i yeah. wasn't like putting i thought i was it like I thought I was a cool chick. Yeah, I have friends to this day, male friends that knew me like even into my early twenties, and they were like, "You would just show up like with no makeup, and you were wearing something kind of like, like kind of like in a rock and roll way, frumpy." You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, Glam. I wasn't trying to look like I didn't care. I didn't care really because I didn't place value on appearance as much as people do now, especially girls. Mm. Which again. Like, look, my mom was like, please go get a manicure. And I was like, I have so many better things that I want to be doing with my time than getting a manicure. But this was when I was like right. 26, right. not a baby. Yeah, yeah. But my point is now there's so much value placed on aesthetics and that comes from social media. Right. And I think it really messes girls up. And so like right now in my own life as an adult, and we've talked about this, I, was, I got really underweight for a while by no fault of my own. My nervous system was misfiring. Yeah, I could right. only eat super bland foods. I couldn't touch sugar. I couldn't touch starch. And um, now that I can, like, boom, I gained like 10 pounds. Boom. And it's quick. And it's By jarring. the way, it looks great on you. I might just Thank say. You. Yes, darling. I have like 
curves on the on the bottom. Yeah. Like like I wasn't gonna say that, but women. yes, I did yes, notice. Yes, I've got you know, <laughs> but I still have to tone everything up. So I'm in it. My point is, I'm in a transition with my body, yeah. and my point in saying this is for girls slash women, this never ends. Like, and it's been made worse by the fact that every we see ourselves now on every angle and like even if I get to an airport like TMZ's there and like you're always concentrating on the outward picture of yourself and I feel like for young girls especially in the business who are now growing up with social media auto-tune compressors I joke that like girls would come well kids in general would come to my camps and I'm like they sound like they swallowed a melodyne because totally they grow they up hearing that. it, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, they, my, M, M, my own daughter can sound like M, uh, M, Melodyne. Right. I'm like, huh? how did you do or that? Or even the, uh, uh, like, like a compressed sound to the voice. Like, so my point is, I think the standards of perfection now are so high. There are way more better singers now than there were when I was growing mm, up. Like, Interesting way I've, to think about that. Too. It's wow, really that's... true. I mean, even Gwen Stefani has said, I wouldn't have gotten on The Voice that I auditioned for The Voice, she has said that. Because she has, first of all, I think she has an amazing, consistent voice and she Mm -hmm. has her own style. Right. But that is like, I think all of us from that era are kind of like vocal stylists, right? And we're vocalists, but... But I didn't grow up with all hearing all like of the, all the runs, all the riffing. Like I grew up with like old Motown, Donnie Elton and Marie, John, very white bread, yes, pop rock, right. right, and Broadway women. So mm, I grew up singing straighter, and I didn't like I grew up singing in my church choir, which was not a gospel choir, right? So yeah. again, you have little white girls now singing in this urban way that totally. It's like very competitive and it's very specific. And it's like if you're not doing the run of the moment and you don't have this certain style, like also the way like Alessia Cara sings or it's like an Adele thing. Like there's this, there's these certain pronunciations now and the mm. way that like sitting like the vocal fry and the way the air is pushed and the way the- Which is dangerous in itself though mod- too for your yes. chops. Yes. Well, a lot I of mean, young vocalists have had multiple surgeries already. I know for a fact they have. I mean, uh, I mean, they've put it out there. Yeah. They said they have. I would be petri- My worst fear to this day is I cut twice. I hemorrhaged a vocal cord twice. Once was because I took Advil and I had a coughing fit on the Advil. And you the did? minute I, and the minute I stopped coughing, I said, "Oh my God, something just happened." Because oh. I'm so sensitive. And I was in the middle of a run of a show. I was doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with seven Osmonds. And um, we were getting ready to go on tour. We were at Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey, and I had to take 10 shows off. And it was, like, devastating. And that was a quick turnaround. They told me at least two weeks. I did it in 10 days. I shut my mouth. And I was they like... They put you on complete vocal rest? Complete. Yeah. I mean, you That's can't make a peep. I know, yeah. When you hemorrhage a cord. And so to this day, I'm like... I, I'm always swearing I've hemorrhaged. I go to my, my throat doctor and I, you know, they stick the scope down your throat. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, please tell me I didn't bruise or hemorrhage. Please tell me I, didn't, I, I feel like I hemorrhaged. I feel, they're like, you didn't hemorrhage. You're just really swollen, swollen and inflamed, which right. happens a lot, which, you know, like the mixtape tour, I, it felt like I was in a, a, an ENT's office, an ear, nose, throat doctor, like every week because I swore I did something to my core. Really? And I can't take medication anymore. And I don't want to. Sure. So you homeopathic things, is that I the mean, approach? I mean, I do homeopathic things, but what I've learned, yes, I'm like all holistic, energetic medicine, if you will. I take a couple of supplements and uh, 
occasionally a homeopathic remedy or a flower remedy. Okay. But what I've learned is for me in my process of, as I've gotten older is that there is no substitute for sleep, peace of mind, a good diet, laughing. Like those are the things that make you feel good and well. And how do you it do It doesn't come in a pill. Right. There's no quick fix. How do you no, do that? I mean, being, you know, how are you able to achieve that on a consistent basis? Well, maybe that's a trick well, question. Well, I had but to trust. See, this summer, this last summer was very unique for me because I had no proof <laughs> that my body and my voice were going to be able to do this tour. Mm, right. And I said yes. I said yes to Dancing with the Stars the same way. And it didn't quite work out. I mean, it kind of did, but kind of didn't. Right. And I said yes. I was like, well, I have two options. I can say yes or no. And I'm a yes person. I'm like, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to hope that my body can do it. And I had right. to trust a minimal warm-up and workout, and I had to trust the 32 years of experience I'd have. Mm-hmm. I mean, longer. I've been doing it since I'm five years old. I had to trust that my voice was going to come through. I had to trust that the adrenaline that came from the people. Right. Because like, when you're a little under and you're not feeling good, I don't know about you guys, but I can't hit the notes in my living room in a practice. But then I get on stage and, oh, See, magically. That's an amazing drug adre- adrenaline is. Yes, and a crowd. I mean, God, you have a crowd like... It's just unbelievable. Yeah, but I also had to trust like... And you get brave when you have that in your system too. You do. It's true. But I also like, you know, with Lost in Your Eyes, so I sang it as a duet, as you know, with Joey McIntyre, which I loved. It was his idea. Oh, yeah, that was a great moment, He reached out and said, do you want to do this as a duet? And I was like, Yeah. Wow, uh, give me a minute on that. I've never thought of that like this. And it was such an amazing way for me to experiment with a new part of my voice because normally I'd be... Like belting those high notes, mm-hmm. but this time I was found. I did I like I put it in like a little more of a head voicey place, mm-hmm. and because I had the safety net of singing harmony with him, ah, I was able to not right. push. And I had people tell me I never sounded better, and in my mind, louder and beltier was better. Not necessarily open and more fluid and trusting was better. Right. And so I found. Well, you get used to doing that to yourself, though, too, and yeah. it's hard to break those. And you think people want to hear that exciting, belty voice. But I used to have to go through to such great lengths to sing that way that when I tell you, like, we were talking about theater and Broadway earlier, when I tell you I couldn't have a life, I mean, I had no life outside of vocalizing and doing the show because I'm not like. Kristen Chenoweth and Sutton Foster and I've worked like I've seen these girls in action and they like roll out of bed hitting these notes. Now they mm. still train, they still study, they still right. t- but it feels like from where I stand, um, I'm sure if they disagree they're gonna text me or Good. post about it. That's and all right. please do. Yeah, absolutely. But from where I stand, there's like an, an innate gift that that some vocalists have that it's like the world could be crumbling around them. And that, that tone is going to come through for them and something innate is going to come through. That's my songwriting ability. Like I was laid up in bed, could hardly think straight, literally couldn't get out of bed, couldn't move. Song ideas would just come. That was Whoa. my like, thank you. Thank right. you for that gift. I don't do anything to make it happen. It just happens. That is not me in singing. Really? No. I have to unwind a lot physically and mentally to get to a place does, where does I'm Does yoga around. help you with that? So yoga was my go-to, especially in theater. Like I would do, instead of like 
a lot of times between a matinee and an evening show, people were eating or sleeping. I right. was doing yoga. Really? Yeah, because it would unwind everything and open yeah, the breath. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm terrible at yoga. I'm the, the I love it, but structurally, since my body went through all this stuff, uh-huh. my body doesn't want me to overstretch anymore. It doesn't want to be a pretzel. Right. So I have to do very conservative yoga. Okay. It's hard for me to be conservative with things that I once did full out. Right. So that's, again, like this thing that I constantly am dipping a toe in that water and going, ooh, can I do yoga now? Can I stretch now? How much can I work out now? Yeah. And I'm still... I still have yet to properly rebuild my body and my voice the way I would like to. And it's finally going to be that time soon. I keep saying it. Yeah. It's a happy problem because I keep getting gigs I really want to do, like the tour and like America's Most Musical Family and all this stuff. But I'm slowly saying no to th- random things so that it's not like in January I'm preparing for something and then I'm recovering from something. Right. I don't want that to be my January. I want well, my what, January uh, to be like, I want to start rebuilding for real for once and for yeah. good so that it lasts me the rest of my life. Well, exactly. Why keep putting yourself in danger when you, when you have to all you... Right, you or the shot out of a cannon kind of feeling. It's, it's, I, I've, the good news is I've learned I can do that, but it's not pleasant. And I don't think it's vocally healthy or emotionally healthy or physically healthy. So that's coming. Yeah. Soon. So you got to spend time doing that. I mean, you got to take care yeah. of yourself. you got to figure out what your limits are. Yeah, and exactly. Whether it be at home or whether it be... On the road, right? You know, which right. is but it's a, a typical thing. day on the road. To go back yeah, to that t- question, oh, that's right. We kind of just this is the uh, so that's okay around the bend. I'll get us back on the track. No, that's good. But Help I me. know I love tangents. I love conversation, as you know. Uh, <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I can talk. <laughs> then this is why she is here. She's helping her friend out. I can. She's talk. so great at this. Paul this morning was like, I have to do my homework. I'm like, don't do too much homework. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take the ball and talk and talk and talk. Like, you can ask one question and That's then right. later you'll be That's like, right. I'll be back. Uh, Go ahead. You keep going. So anyway, everybody. Uh, so a typical day on the tour was this. The, the bus would roll into a city anywhere between 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Right. And you would pull up. I just have to, like, set the scene. You'd. First of all, we had bus drama the entire tour. So like You did? Yeah. So Explain. we had we were supposed to get one bus and something happened and then we got another bus and there were these weird noises. I probably could find it in my phone if I really tried. It's re- the speakers were doing something and rattling and like the driver kept disconnecting the wrong speaker. So it was it was like <laughs> like as I was trying to sleep. <laughs> and you'd put like there was this weird and there were leaks. And there was like, there was this weird stuff happening with the bus and things not working, whatever. So then you'd you'd pull up. So like you're trying to sleep with that kind of stuff going Mm. on and some kind of noise canceling headphones and and two wiener dogs in the bed, Yeah, which was the best. They were the best. It was so much fun having them on the road. And then you'd pull up usually next to a bunch of other buses with the generators running. Oh, sure. So you're trying to sleep and it's like, right. And then, and by the way, and this is, me also like this habit I have, but I'm like, I'm not complaining. Like these were all happy problems, but yes. th- these were the things that were happening. Mm-hmm. It's not glamour. It's not like, look, I'm sure Donnie Wahlberg's bus was totally soundproof and he <laughs> earned that bus. Let me tell you, he works yeah. his arse off. I've That's never seen true. anyone work as hard. Wow. My bus was, you know, a little ghetto fabulous. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, it was not the like you know I'm the support act so my bus ha- was the support act bus right so um, 
And I, and by the way, there's such a, as you know, I think there's such a romance to, to living on a tour bus. It's so cool because who doesn't dream as a kid of living on of a tour course. bus? Like it's, it's so great freaking cool. It's for about a week and a half. <laughs> and then I'm like, ooh, where's oh my, my bed? Where's my <laughs> wife? Oh. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well, I didn't have a mate to miss. So that, that was one good thing. I, and I, my dogs were with me, so that was great. But, so you'd pull up and then... I would be, I'm a morning person, and, and when I'm home, I'm, I'm in bed by like nine o'clock, but my meet and greets will go to like one, so I'm, up going, I'm going to bed around three, oh, but I'm man. still up at six, like, because really? that's just when my, that's my rhythm. So essentially, my day went like this. Pull in, do I get up and have some breakfast or not? Sure, I'll get up and have some breakfast. Either I made myself something on my little hot plate, or I went and ate with the crew. Right. Then I'd go back to sleep, and then i wake up and go, now what? All right, maybe I'll take a walk. Okay, I'll take a walk. Okay, take a walk, get back. Now what? Okay, I'll nap and meditate again. I basically was nap slash meditate, eat, nap slash meditate, walk, nap slash meditate, eat, repeat. Really? Get up, eventually start a routine at like 5 p.m. And then, you know, the show would happen. And then I would do a meet and greet with Tiffany, a meet and greet on my own, right. and a VIP meet and greet on my bus. And how long are those? I mean, I know how long they so, are, but I'm sure these guys want to know how long they are. We that is. technically needed to be done by 12.30, but I didn't find that out till like a month in that new kids were kindly like covering the cost of me going overtime because I don't like cutting oh, meet and greets short. Right. And so the one on the bus was like the super VIP meet and greet with mm. 10 fans only. Right. And it was so incredible because, you know, Cher once said... Fans don't want to meet me. They want to know I met them. And I thought oh, that was so profound. Wow. Who in life doesn't want to be seen, right? We all want to be seen and known. Right. And so I loved hearing these people's stories because and I even hate the word fans sometimes because yeah. it sounds so demeaning almost in a weird way. Right. These people, I always get emotional when I start saying this stuff, but these people have been supporting me for over 30 years. Right. And it's, it's not always been popular to like me. I've not always been doing the very best work. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. yes, sometimes no, but they have been like, we're with you, girl. We're Deb with heads. you. Deb heads. Yeah. We're with you. And this tour also brought out some of the more casual supporters that hadn't f- followed me to the nooks and crannies of, you know, mm-hmm. the production of Cabaret I did in North Carolina, and they weren't there. Right. Right? So they were just waiting for a big moment to kind of find me again. Oh, yeah, I remember her. Oh, she's Where has she been? What have you been doing for the last 30 years? Well, you know, and they don't know, and that's fair enough, because sometimes if it's not, like, national news or you're not on the Billboard Top 40 or you're not on Broadway, they don't know. They've lost track. So they showed up. Right. And I got to hear so many stories from we... We met in Latin America and we learned English to your songs and we fell in love to your songs. and And I'm, like, going... In some weird and profound way, I was like a direct part of people's lives. Isn't and that I got why to we hear, do this? Yes. Isn't like, this why we do he, it? Yes, to hear these stories. And then, you know, I've always been a big supporter of the LGBTQ community right. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I started in theater as a kid. Maybe because my music was played in gay clubs very early on. Right. And I just always had that camaraderie. And... I always wonder like what it is that draws that audience, especially to female, specific female artists like mm-hmm. myself. But we have that connection. Right. And I cannot tell you how many um, uh, people came up to me on the bus and said, I 
was afraid to come out in high school or I did come out in high school and I was bullied and I felt wow. alone and I contemplated taking my life mm. and your music and you were my friend. Wow. And I'm like, I didn't know I was there, but I was there with them. Right. And it, it every time I talk about it, it makes me very emotional because again, I'm just, I, I really was just doing what I loved to do. I loved to sing and dance in my living room. I loved to play my piano for my friends, my family, my stuffed animals. I had them lined up listening for real. Did you and, really? Yes, I did. Oh. And so to know that that's all I ever wanted to do was that, even just in the living room. And the fact that I got to take it out of the living room yeah. and to the entire world. Yeah, you sure did. Blows it still are. my mind. Right. Yes, and so to see that audience come out in fifteen to 20,000 people a night and then, you know, up to 100, 200 people at meet and greets every night. Like, I did the math at the end. I mean, it was thousands of people mm. that I got to meet and spend time does with. Does that give you energy or does it take it away from you? Oh, that's such a good question. It's a happy engagement and okay. exchange of energy. Yeah. And I don't realize how tired I am till it's done. Sure. So yes, it keeps me lifted and oh, lifted yeah. and lifted and lifted and then I go, woo. Ooh, that's because it's intense. It is. Even the intense, beautiful the stories moments. are intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and maybe. I want to be present for every single person. Right. Because everyone's got their moment. And the weird thing is, and you're going to relate to this, people pay for meet and greets now. So I was the girl standing by my bus in the dead of winter signing every last autograph, right. obviously for free. I'm like, this mm -hmm. comes with the job. Right. Hey, I, I'm famous enough that someone wants my autograph. Like, that's the payment, right? Right. I, I, but it's become a thing, really so that fans are guaranteed their moment. They are mm. guaranteed they know they're getting that moment, they're getting that beautiful photo and professional right. quality. Uh, they're getting their stuff signed. Um, and then the one on the bus, they know they're getting a half hour with you. They're going to hear new music. They're going to sing with you. They're so gonna... it's totally part of the job now because you've elected to make it part of the job. Right, now you're making it, yes. Now you're making it a it's bigger commitment. It's our glorified merch moment. Really, yes. isn't it? I mean, it's hard to break it down like that, but that's really, I mean, you're offering an experience for your fans. Yeah, I think is a better yeah, way to put yeah. that. Yeah, so you want to be yeah. present. You want to show up. So and in a you weird do way. every single time. I remember hanging night, out with Joey. Every night. In, in what, now, people, I forgot to say this. Joey, that, why don't you come into the shot? Come, so they yeah, know come over here. We this is Joey about. Finger. He's the musical director for, for uh, Deb, and he hired me. Yeah. I, I've been playing keyboards, and here, wait, did I play guitar? No, yes, I played bass uh, on this. Yep. So <laughs> No, no, we need you in this. No, this is my best friend on the entire hit planet. A color. This is my favorite color uh, you wear. Teal. Give yeah. me some teal. <laughs> Let's take a quick breath here on Music on the Run with Debbie Gibson. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Did you know that we actually video every one of these podcasts? Would you like to see one? Head over to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast and check it out we've got everybody on there debbie gibson steve miller yours truly and every interview that we've done will be on there you just got to become a partner there's three different levels you can go the top two you'll be able to see that video and really it is worth it and it also helps us out to be able to have a little extra change to be able to produce these podcasts you really are partnering with us so we appreciate it Go to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast and you'll see all the choices there. 
And now back to Music on the Run with Debbie Gibson. <laughs> so you uh, you brought me on as the keyboard player originally in Deb's band. Um, By the way, Paul plays anything I need him to. Any instrument. <laughs> and at he all. plays it all like extraordinarily well. Like it's it's just sickening. I have to second that. Oh, we have fun. But anyways, it's your fault that uh, we're sitting in this beautiful <laughs> kitchen here Ball. today. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take it. Guilty as yeah, charged. You should. <laughs> <laughs> and just to brag about Joe, he's just finishing up a, a what is it, eleven year run? Eleven with, years at the Flamingo with we Donnie know. and Marie, Hooray. whom I saw two nights ago, and uh, I have a long standing history with the Osmond family as well. So it was so fun, like a complete circle, to come out here and support you as your journey with that particular uh, configuration of the Donnie Marie show comes to an end so it's been an amazing kudos run, to you brother man you know what the funny thing is it's right back at you though because uh <clears throat> i think i got that gig because of you but that's what we do for each other <laughs> he got the gig because of him and how great he is so so uh, i got the opportunity because you uh had been in the camp and they were looking for somebody and you notified me and i i went and i said hey i'm here in vegas and and magically uh i ended up with this with the chair and then of course, as a result of that, I met people, and then somebody said, hey, Debbie is going to do a show. We used to go and play with the orchestra. The symphonies, yeah, we you. did an 80s symphony thing together, which was so fun. That was uh, about as fun as it gets Super when you fun. get 60-some musicians Oh, my God, Electric Youth played by a 60-piece orchestra. I want to hear that. That it's was great. cool. Yep, it really was. But that's was. how we met, and then I yep. kind of stole him away from that kind of sort of. Gratefully hey, and thankfully. <laughs> Here's a good question for you. Because you're doing so much when you're on the road, you're performing, you're doing your meet and greets, you're doing press. How is it? How important is your road family to you? And it's good that okay. Joey's here for this. It's mm -hmm. so important. And you know what you're, I was just going to say? So you, you help share my mic. So okay. before you ask that, this is what just came to mind. When we met and we did the symphonies, I was like at my sickest. I was really not feeling well vocally, physically. I was so insecure. I was shaky. I was trying to get on stage, but I felt like I had no business being on stage. Like it was really traumatic. And Joey, who, you know, was the drummer in the symphony. Like I didn't really know you know you beyond that at that point, really. And Joey was so supportive just as a human being to another human being. Yes. And complimentary of the things that I did still bring to the stage. Like he was like, you can't dim that light. You bring that light to a room and you can't. And it, he said all these things I really needed to hear at that moment. Mm. And I just thought, yes, you need people like that around in your life. And you need people like that with you on the road who are going to lift you up. They're going to remind you of your value when they're going to believe in you more than you believe in yourself sometimes because that's my there manager, Heather, too. You guys know. I literally to this day go, Why'd you stick with me through all those crazy times? But now that like great things are happening again and I'm feeling good and she's like, because I knew it was all going to come back around mm. to this. And She's amazing too. She's amazing. Way. I yeah, love that woman. Great. I have really saw, I need, I'm grounded, but I'm also like, wee, I can get a little, you know, No, artist, no, she can't. I don't, I don't, I don't know that. what she's talking about. I mean, I you know, <laughs> All of us artists, you know, uh, can get a little. We need our team it's to like, be grounded. I don't feel well. <laughs> <laughs> As Joe dances right, so all I around like a crazy like, man. Okay, it's like, like you I, don't feel uh, well. You look like you're on fire. I need grounding energy around me. You know what I mean? Mm. And I need so I, the road family is super important. 
um, on the road this summer. I had Xander, who's behind that camera. Who's, Hi, Xander. Thanks are you 20 being... still? Are you 20 years old still? He's 20 years old. And um, he was my doggy wrangler oh. and, uh, and kind of an assistant. He did whatever. We, all my people do whatever we need. We right. all pitch in and do everything, me included. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone does everything. And there's no, like, that's not in my job description. And then I had another assistant named JT who's 21. Right. And he was like, War we just throw everyone into the fire. We're like, you're doing wardrobe. Okay. Uh, he was doing wardrobe and everything else we needed. And then uh, Lisa did nutrition and body work, massage, that kind of thing, because I would try to eat as healthy as I could on the road. Right. With my hot plate. It was, was Lisa. just about to bring up your hot plate. It was, okay, my hot plate has <laughs> been. Some, didn't we have to go out and find chicken for you at some point or something like probably, that? Probably, or yeah. eggs. Probably eggs and butter. So, yeah. like, I have to hide my hot plate. Like, I was just, like, I'm not going to say the hotels because now they're going to be looking for my hot plate when I go back. Uh oh. But I'll be in, like, missing hot plate alert. Wanky hotels. That we don't but, know about well, yeah, but you know, like, I'm not cheap or frugal. However, who wants to pay, like, $30 for eggs over easy and wait an hour for them. I'm cracking eggs all day long on the hot plate. <laughs> I love breakfast at Deb's. I love breakfast at Deb's. Because I graze. So I need like, I need something like every two hours. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with all that. my house when we were doing like uh, the movie Studio stuff. stuff. Yes. Yeah, no, yes. We did a couple Hallmark movies Yeah, so movies Joey together. worked on the production of the Hallmark movie oh, music. Right. And she would come over and she'd have eggs. Can I cook these in your kitchen? <laughs> It was so cute. It's so cute. Barefoot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing up. The, it's just so cute. Oh, my God. So the road so team is, funny. The road, the road team, team and, helps and, keep and you Elizabeth, healthy as well. my, yes, my yeah. PR girl slash social media. So, like, for instance, Live Nation has their social media people they send out for the meet and greets, and we said, no, can we bring mine? Right. We just, you know, I try to be surrounded by the love, by the mm -hmm. people that my team is just, my team is loyal. So, and Joey knows, like, look, in this business, like, there's a big money gig, there's a small money gig, right. the chips are up, the chips are up. Everybody kind of knows, like, when the chips are up for me, they're up for everyone. Uh, there's sometimes I call people and I go, hey, guys, I need a favor. Yeah. You know, and everybody's just there <laughs> they show all up. the time. Everybody shows up for me, and I'm astounded and grateful. For the good grateful. of the many. Right. Yeah. We have fun. the one. But you know what people forget in this business? We mm. all got into it to have fun. We all got exactly. into it to have fun. You don't work music. Yeah. You play music. Yes. That's I what never Billy say said, my brother I'm Billy. Absolutely. I never yeah. say I'm working. When I'm doing a TV show, I say I'm going to shoot my TV show. I'm going to film. Right. I'm, I, you know, I even say like, hey, you guys want to come and make something? Yeah. You want to play? Can Let's go play. go play music. I, it's, it's all play, you know? Mm. And, and I guess the only time it ever becomes work to any degree for me, again, is like, when you are sick and you're having to pull from some crazy reserves and you're, that's like the technical part or the work part. Mm -hmm. Like I have a commitment, I'm honoring it. However, I still feel grateful that I have a reason to get out of bed and get my Shiat together and figure right. it out. Right, right, Because a lot do of people don't have that. I can the 4 a.m. at the airport thing though, I think. Right. Once in a while, right? Yeah. At the sour grape once in a while. Oh, it's, it's not fun. I'm not going to say it's fun. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah. it's not always money that you do this for. It's like, no, that's not I the mean, only reward. No, so. I mean, to me, that's rarely the reason. Like, it's just, uh, like, what else would we be doing? <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this because. Lord knows I can't cook. This, well, I can't you can. type. You can, you can cook eggs. I can cook eggs. I could run an, I could open an eggery. Yes, an eggeteria. Egg and all. <laughs> You've been famous since you were 17? 16. 16? Seven, 16, 17, yeah. Okay. Thank you for Ask killing it again. time. I'm sorry. 
you've been famous since you're 16. How do you stay so connected? I like that word, connected. Um, it's funny because I never lived a like real a, a big famous life. Like I never did. Even, hmm. I mean, it's so hard to explain. But I, I always I always like really gravitated to the inner circle. And my inner circle, even at 17, was Buddy, who you guys know. Who danced, of course. I love you, who Buddy. Who I went to high school with, who oh. danced with me then, who dances with me now. Um, my younger sister, Denise, would be on my bus. Okay. Um, we would play Pictionary and categories and do things that kids did. And my mom would protect that bubble. Okay. Again, I start to get I feel like the, you know, the wave of emotion when you talk. That's good. Me. This is my, what it's all about. My mom, who, you know... I talked about this recently on Jenny McCarthy's show. We talked about her being a mama bear. Yeah. And how that got me into trouble sometimes in business, but it didn't get me into trouble personally and in my yep. real life, which is okay. where it counts. Yes, it does. So, how long did it take you to realize that one? Like last week, I finally okay. realized it. I mean, that's no, hard, I mean, though. I, I kid. <laughs> that's no, tough, though. I think like with most mothers and daughters especially, you love your mother, you idolize her, mm -hmm. then you rebel against her, then you have a... Yep. period where you're like, I need to distance myself and become my own woman. And right. then you circle back around and you go, oh my God, I appreciate my mother yeah. so much. Right. And though that's She like was the, right. She was right. <laughs> yeah. She did the best she could with all the tools she had. Wow, that's she, right. I do not have a Me Too story, which is miraculous. Miraculous. What? I mean, I was around all these male record executives. Right. But my mom would basically throw her body between me. No <laughs> way. I mean, yeah. Look, my mom would not let me take the subway to, like, you know, look, there's a, I, I grew up in the suburbs. And even though I was on the road, it felt like my, it always felt like we were on a teen tour. Like, you know, those teen tours, like summer camp. Yeah. Like it was like teen tour, but I was in charge of 250 people and running a show in an arena. Wow. But somehow we kept the backstage and the bus life very young and innocent. And so I just grew up with this sense of this is my real life. This is my professional life. And it wow. wasn't this big mixed up thing for me. And it wasn't like even to this day, I have um, friends that say to me, like, I forget. I forget you're a celebrity till we go out to recognize you. I do. Good. I, I take that as a high compliment. And then because there's, a, I think you can turn it on and turn it off. But also I think doing theater helped me with that because you literally, you, you know, schlepped to your theater or your rehearsal. Like right. in New York, there were times like when I was doing cabaret on Broadway, it was snowing. People were actually skiing down the streets because there was ice. But it was like <laughs> unreal. And I was like climbing through snowbanks. So I, there were, I couldn't take a you know, a driver or whatever to my rehearsal. I'm like right. schlepping, but I grew up going to dance rehearsals and dance right. classes and with that bag over your shoulder and you show up and you do your work. You were part of a team. I was part of a team. Yeah. And then when you're doing a Broadway show, you, you literally show up with no makeup on and whatever and you put your character on and you're glamorous for a time and you do your thing and then you take it all off and then you go to the stage door and you sign autographs and you go home. Like it's very compartmentalized. Okay. It's not like... Not everybody can do that, by the way. Right, because I think when you start only with pop stardom and you don't come from that work ethic, it's very easy to be like, my persona is the same as me. And it is, and it isn't. I mean, it's just accessing different parts of yourself. I'm sure, like, if there are any, like, 
high-powered executives out there watching. That's a, not who they are at their kids' baseball game True. on Saturday, right? You know what no, I mean? Absolutely. Like, you, that down-home side for me always prevailed in a way. Right. And I just knew how to switch it on. I feel very confident on the stage. I've always felt very confident running a rehearsal. I right. knew what I wanted musically. Um, so how do you But I didn't know how to get the boy in social studies class's attention at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you something. I'm coming. I'm coming it's back to that so one. But true. how do you turn? I'm actually in touch with that boy still. From social it studies, really, is that really, Mark? It actually really What's was biology. Oh, never mind. We won't say his name. I can here. say. I can say his first Go ahead. name. His first name is Pete. Pete, Pete, was, I love you, Pete. Even 35 years later. Well, we're like fr- <laughs> we're friends now. It's so odd, and he's kind of a professional in his own right. And but go on. I was going to ask you, how do you turn? all of what you just said into a leadership role because that's what you are. In your business, as a music maker, mm-hmm. you are in the music business and you have to be a good leader to be able to be in this business for however many years it has yeah. been. Um, are you a good leader? I think I'm a good leader and I think I'm a good creative business person, but then I have Heather who is the business business person. Okay. And I think there's a And difference. she translates. She jokingly says, I'm the closer. Like, I'm the closer okay. in a room. Um, well, she does the heavy lifting, like, you know, I want to read a contract after it's been, after it's gone over, been gone over the first five times by right. Heather and the attorney and whoever, whatever. I, I didn't get into this to be, I want to, I've learned to know exactly what's going on in the business end Mm. of my business and weigh in. But essentially I come at it from a creative perspective, like, oh, are you getting me the value that my creativity deserves? And, but again, what we all just said earlier, there's also the 100% of nothing is nothing mentality. So my mom comes from an old school business model of, you need 100%, you need this, you need, you know, of everything. And you burn bridges that way. That's just the bottom line. There mm. are times you have to give things away right. to get your creativity out To nurture that other there. side, yeah. Like to me, it's like, look, you know, getting a movie made or something, you don't always get royalty. People think you get all this stuff if you create an idea, if you, depends. Right. Sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Again, to me, the, 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 the fee in getting a movie idea made is, you get your movie idea made. Like you started right. with an idea in your head and you get to see it on a screen. Like right. how cool is that? It, it's again, un- it's not just about money. Right. But then you need your time is valuable and you're, you need to be compensated in other ways or whatever the thing is. But like I don't overly get bogged down by that. But I'm a good leader. I think the reason I've sustained, I had this thought the other day. I don't think any artist has ever sustained in this business who is not authentic. Hmm. So my big word is authenticity. And I think that that translates to the leader I am and that translates to why I've sustained. The artist you are from day one. Yes. And anytime I tried to do it their way, but my way, but their way, but my way, didn't work. Uh-huh. And not only does it not work, then people start to doubt your integrity, which just mm. kind of puts a little dent in your whole career trajectory, right. I think. Interesting. Yeah, point. so what I look to, like on the show, I'm working on the show, and it is not a shameless plug, this is a real segue to America's Most Musical Family. When I looked at the acts and I was judging, I was like, who knows who the heck they are? Even at nine years old, mm. you have to know who you are. You did. I did. 
And, and you have to, because a record company is going to try to mold you and shape you. And eventually though, people are going to catch on to the fact that that's not really you. Right. And when they can't find the particular writer to write the particular song for your style anymore, it's suddenly like, what do you do? But if you're authentic and you're going through authentic transitions, you might not always hit the bullseye in terms of having a chart hit, Right. but you're but when people pan out over a 30-year span of your career, they're going to go, wow, she was always true to herself in every role, in every song, in every interview. Right. I never had like a, a lot of kids have like a press coach say this, don't say. The only thing anyone ever told me, my first publicist, David Salador, who's awesome. He's still a New York publicist. And I call on him for things every now and again. The one tip he gave me, because I was so young and so innocent and naive, he said, try to frame things in a positive way. Even if you're saying something that's not necessarily overly positive, they're going to take the negative and run with it if you sure. give them that <clears throat> sentence. So like, there's just a way... I'm a little more, now that I'm older, I'm more, more raw and candid, and I yeah. don't necessarily frame things. <laughs> and the beauty of doing something like this is nothing can be taken out of context. It's like, this is me actually having the opportunity to speak, which is amazing. Yeah. But yes, you, I mean, I got misquoted. All the, You always get misquoted, but like, you don't want to give, hand them the misquote. So I kind of learned right. a little bit of a skill with that. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I pretty much just showed up and was myself. You know, yeah. I think that's just, again, that's what makes an artist an artist and sustain. What's your proudest moment being a, an artist, whether it's an actress, actor, uh, songwriter, producer? What do you think? Oh gosh. You have one that stands out. It doesn't have to be. It's funny. It can I be have, a personal moment. You know? I know. Um, let me think about Besides this. Besides meeting Joe. <laughs> My proudest moment. <laughs> Thanks for bringing See, that. I appreciate it. I'm going to say, there's a, okay, I'm going to, if you don't mind, theater, I'm going to say cabaret. Okay. I just showed uh, my friend Dana a video. She had never seen me. Like, people know who I am now or how I sing now or what I do now. And she was like, what? Because that was a time where I was like an Olympic athlete mode. I was in my training sessions every day. My vocal, I was vocalizing every day. I was in my voice teacher every week. I was, I was ready. Yeah. And the call came to do cabaret on a Thursday to be in rehearsal Friday and open two weeks later. And Ooh in two weeks I learned the dialect, yeah. the dialogue, the choreography, the music. Uh, I mean, it was one of the most intense, insane things I've ever done. And a little focus I time there, was it? Wasn't, yes. And I'm playing this self-destructive character. Oh, and I had to look like a smoker, which oh. was like a big joke because <laughs> they gave me these herbal cigarettes, but like to look like a smoker. I was walking around the streets of Manhattan and my apartment with the cigarette in my hand all really? the time. And they tried to get me to blow rings. What are you doing? Blow I'm rings. <laughs> yes, exactly. They tried to get me to, they try to get you to, and I do, 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 and they try to get you to blow the rings like on the beat in one of the songs. That never happened. Oh my God. But boy, did I try. I really tried. I would like, I like almost had it. Um, but that was a proud moment because I felt I really disappeared into the character. Mm -hmm. I felt I had my, I like saying shiat. I don't swear. So I make the curse words cute. I had my shiat together when the call <laughs> right? came in, which yep. is a big lesson to anybody watching out there who wants to be in the business. Like, right. Be ready. 
Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunities. So the saying Thank goes. Thank you. It's true. That's called work ethic, people. That's luck. We've sp- spoken um, about that before. And the luck is a part of it, but you got to be ready for the opportunity. You have to be ready. So that was a very proud moment. Mm, right. Because it was like little Debbie Gibson playing the self-destructive drug addict, right. Sally Bowles. Yeah, who is that up there? No, like, that's not that Debbie Gibson. It was a bit of a stretch. However, you realize what you find within yourself. And I, I dared, this is why I'm proud of this. I dared to, I was always like a little sugar-coated okay. and afraid to be vulnerable and afraid to, to be like, yes, I too have a dark side. I too have a, a self-destructive side. I have the, and all the unstable parts of me had to come out in that performance. And I was shaking when I was singing cabaret and I, by the end, I throw the microphone on the ground and I was, I was raw, I was raw with it. I was raw with it. So I was really proud of that. Wow. And it was in studio 54 and it's where the audience is this close to you and mm, you can't great. fake anything. Right. So I, again, I had two options. It was like, say yes or say no, or like, but say yes and really show up and do it. Right. So I did it. Go all in. Did it. So I was really proud of that. Um, and then the other thing that comes to mind, you know what? I'm proud of this. I'm proud that I've been in the business a long time yeah. and I get to work with friends and we're all like nice and kind to each other and yeah. supportive of each other and that that's a priority in our lives, like to, 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 to nurture our friendships and to show up for each other and like right. I'm proud of the way I am in this business. Wow, interesting, yeah. I'm not just like, hey, I'm in show business. I'm like... I feel I'm proud of I'm proud of um, the order I have my priorities in. Totally, I mean I'm you. Ha- you uh, that's what I'm proud of. I I, I know for a fact that uh, I respect you as an artist, but more so as a person. Thank you. Really, I mean Thank you. you. Uh, the minute I uh, came into your fold here, courtesy of Joey, I was like. I just love her. I Aww, mean, I felt like you were my you. little sis right away. I'm like, ah, thank you. you know, and thank I don't you. have a little sis, so I'm, I'm so proud of you and, and love thank everything you. that you do. And we have fun together, don't we? We do have fun. Yeah. And listen, I have like annoying habits. And I was thinking about, what was I thinking about today? I was like. And I've done my laundry in your room I mean, before. Yes, you have. <laughs> I mean, listen, like I annoy myself sometimes. Like, like we all have our, we all have our idiosyncrasies. We all have our d- bad days. But yes, you guys did your laundry yeah. in you my room. Folded them. You folded them. You folded my dirty, my clean like, underwear. underwear. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Right. That's love them. right there. We got back there and was like, oh my gosh, she wasn't. It was in there. Singapore. And there's all the clothes folded. And I'm like, you were. Those are my underwear. That's what I feel like. She's folding. I felt lucky that I had the diva suite that had the, the washer and dryer in it. Oh so I'm my like, God. please, let's come over and yeah. have a laundry oh, party. Yeah, what sweet. she was really was saying was, was wash your ass. Yeah, right. You stay. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> that is classic. It was three in the morning. I feel like I might have. I feel like I might have put the underwear in a pile and said, I <laughs> yeah, felt funny did. about like, it. You did. So you did actually. I did. Uh, you did say that. I said, the only reason I didn't fold these was because your wives might be like, like she folded your underwear, that might just be inappropriate. That, that's love. So no, I put the underwear aside, but I folded everything else. You did, you did. I'm not the best folder in the world, but it hey, got in my bag. Was in that Singapore. was Singapore. All right, a couple of more questions because yeah, we should probably let you get back to your life. I know you got things to do. Very, I have very important things to yes. do today, people. Who? Okay, so <laughs> I want to talk about um, where's your man. 
Why aren't you scooped up? And what's going on with that? First of all, I love the. Do you think I grabbed my ponytail? Yeah, I saw that. You were like, first of all, we're going to talk about. How dare you ask that? Oh my God, I love this. My favorite topic. Okay, well, come on with it because people are dying to know. Everybody's favorite topic, really, really, right, Xander? Let's talk about love. Come on, even Xander has told me about like you know, the barista or the this or the that. Is she still around? Do you see her? No. She's long gone. You don't go there. She's just... Oh, oh he broke his heart. She broke yeah, his heart. Yeah, you know. I wonder what it's like being like You're avoiding the question. and dating. No, but really, like, okay. I just wonder. Uh, anyway, like 20 and Come dating on. in this day and age. So Do dish it out there, What I was going to say was I love the phrase scooped up. I just said this to a friend the other day who was mm-hmm. going through a breakup, and I said... If she didn't come along and just at this stage in the like wishy-washy, like is it ending or is it, and just claim you, like forget it. Yeah. Because, and that might sound almost like chauvinistic of me to say that, but there comes a point where, yes, you want to be like, you are mine. mine. (laughs) (laughs) Like you want that confidence from the other person. Like, you know, but uh, to answer that question, it's been almost two years since my last relationship Mm -hmm. ended. And I feel like it's taken me all this time, really. It wasn't until like this past summer that I started feeling like, oh, not even like I'm ready. I'm like getting ready to be ready. Okay. Or I'm ready to start. Preparing to prepare. Or I'm starting, I'm ready to like connect with someone where it like slowly unfolds. I'm actually oddly still not in a rush. I've never been formally married. I'm 49. Okay. Okay. And I used to be like, oh, marriage, you know, I don't know if I want like, Trooper's agreeing. Trooper's seconding that emotion. Oh, you know, well, because because unfortunately we're conditioned that not all of us have incredible marriages like you guys have. Like these, they're like the best husbands. They're like married for how long? 29 years <gasps> for me to my lovely and wife, Julie. She's amazing. Hi, Julie. <laughs> and Hi, baby. 14 years. Oh my God, 14, 14 for years, Joey which in showbiz Galen. is 28. That's right. Um, <laughs> or 14 times seven. Like, how is that even possible? But amazing. Hi, Galen. Um, but yeah, so um, I feel like, unfortunately, we've been conditioned to think of marriage as marriage could mean you're going to get a divorce. So like, mm, well, I don't really? want to get legally married because if I end up splitting up, then I got lawyers up in my business, which is also kind of true. But true. I feel like if I get married after 50, I have a way better chance of it lasting yeah, forever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how long can forever be at people, 50? People, I've upped the odds. I've upped the odds. And you know who you are. But I still don't understand how it works. So here's what I grapple with. Yeah. Uh, first of all, what I have found in when I, when I decide I like a boy, and I mm. call men boys, I think all men are boys. Yes. We're well, we girls, are. Most world girls. Yes. <laughs> That's a fact. We never grow are. up. Yes, especially. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking frick about. Frick and frack over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy yeah. one and boy two. But yeah, so I find that at this stage of my life, I like reconnecting with people from my past. Wow. Because okay. I don't familiar familiarity the, is the, the history, the, the familiarity, the kind of spiritual connection, the starting place, like a conversation starts at a certain level. You're not just like getting to know someone. Uh, yeah. Now I wonder, does that sound cynical? Does it sound like what, maybe it's maybe it'd be really it fun saves to time. Ju- I mean, it definitely saves time. It maybe it would be fun to you. get to know someone from scratch. But it, and I'm a very I'm a very trusting person, almost yeah. to a fault. But that's what scares me. Yeah. So to kind of know someone. To, to meet someone with, like, no context, which has happened to me in my 20s yeah. and even in my 30s. But, like, even in my 30s, it was, like, through someone I knew or whatever. But, like, when you meet someone just totally in their own 
bubble and you're just getting to know them and it's yeah. like, and you throw in the fact that yes, I am an entertainer. So like if, if it was someone in my business, it would be one thing. If it wasn't, it would be another. I don't know how it's going to work for me because yeah. mainly because my life works so well as it is right now that it's mm. scary. Right. So I go, Ooh, how do, and how I know this, listen, I have yeah. male friends too that are like successful in the business and single. And similarly, it's like, they want a strong, independent woman in theory, but someone's someone kind of has to be able to fit into their world because their world is up and running. Dating you while know, famous. That's, that's hard. It's weird. That's and you know, be, you know there, are dating, there are dating apps for famous people. Really? You know I have friends that have done it. I don't want to oh. do that. I think that's so, I mean, I say more power to the people who do it because they're actually saying to themselves in the world, I want to be in something. Right. And I want to meet a peer. And so I'm going to put myself out there, hmm. but I'm a very, I'm very into vulnerable. like organically meeting people or things organically happening. Like I had a fun little, without saying who or what, I had like a fun little um, text, like banter with someone I knew from long ago that I was in touch with oh, like periodically, but then hmm. kind of by accident we reconnected and then it like was like sending each other little voice memos and little things on the road. It felt like a little summer romance, which wow. we'll see how that pans out. But Oh, you heard it here first. You heard it here gentlemen. first. That's right. What did I really say? What did I really say? <laughs> but um, we're leading with that, by the way. Editing right that. Oh to the my front. god! But 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 I still am go like I go through the thing of like, oh my god! Like I don't know, you know, are our communication styles the same? Are we like, would we ever really be able to connect our lives, even if something were to happen? Or and it's like, there's timing and there's logistics and there's and I think those get more complicated when you get more evolved and, and just, I don't like saying older. It's not older. It's just like if you are in your, like I'm, this is like a bubble for me, but I also right. learned in my last relationship, I'm a really good partner and I enjoy it too. Like I enjoy, what I enjoy is this. I've already been the boss woman. I can be that. I, mm -hmm. I already, I know how to run the show. So I like being in the girl role. I like being like, you're the man. Make us a reservation, and uh, yeah. like you know, I bet, I bet. open the door. Like I and am kind of traditional like that. You don't have to like be on the the ball all the time. You can be like, right. And I like can, being domestic. I like yeah, being okay. like, you're going on a trip, and when you come back, I'm going to have the house nice and a dinner made, and then like, like I like that too. I right. like that because um, maybe because I don't have to do that every day. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy doing it. Right. I enjoy the grocery shopping. You know. For my ex, I used to go to three different grocery stores in LA to get him oh. the specific <laughs> things he wanted, Ooh. all the brands, all the things, the special. Don't shop there. There's a coupon 40 miles away <laughs> oh from my the God. store. Go no, there. but it was like the glamorous, you know, boutique grocery store oh, had this special yeah. cheese. And then, you know, Vaughn's had whatever the regular stuff we got Skip was. And then, the, right. right. <laughs> so like, but I, so I, I enjoy that stuff. And I, I do feel, I, I still am like an old fashioned romantic. So... The question is, why hasn't that happened? Um, a, I just don't think I was like ready and yeah. cl cleansed and cleared of my last relationship. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wasn't, see, this is another, this is a question I pose for you guys too, or you know, you guys watching. I still feel like I have some health challenges. And so when I feel like my stamina for like traveling and you know, even like going out to a show or doing something is not what I want it to be, I feel like, Oh my God, if I'm in a relationship, is that going to be like 
holding someone back or should they be with someone that can do all these things and go all these places? And eventually I'd like to be able to do all that. But what if, what if I have certain limitations that I might have to live with and someone else has to live with them? They got a deal. You guys show up to be and be as authentic as you are in your, as you totally are as an artist. Right. For a relationship. I right, think. right, right. Uh, the, but I guess I feel really, like I don't want to ever, ah, this is such a, this is like my, this is, I'm going to channel my mom and keep kind of that dating feeling alive in your relationship, but you still have this communal, what was you saying? I and, you know, uh, me, you, and we, yeah. right? But um, what's the other thing? Oh, I was going to channel my, you know, Italian martyr yeah. mother and be like, I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Like, yeah. I never want like my career or my health stuff for any, anything to ever be a burden to anyone. Like when you see me like now, I'd be mm-hmm. like, wow, she's fun. Yeah. And I guess everyone has stuff, but like sometimes my stuff feels more intense mm. than like I was doing a promo trip in New York last week and there were hair and makeup people in another room and there's wardrobe and there's the assistant right. and there's yep. and then like, what guy is going to want to deal with this? Unless <laughs> we have a separate room next door that's like right. our room. Because again- That would be the office. You'd that's want I somebody, so, I would office. want somebody who kind of was on their own, like who had their own career so that they could come to things with me and I could go to things with them like on trips or let's say if it was someone in movies, like, I'll, okay, I'm going to clear my plate for three months and I can be on your set or right. be in and out. Like, I think there has to be this, this delicate balance, especially with showbiz people, yeah. of giving people their space and staying connected right at the right moments where things could get too separate. Because if you're not sharing, like most people are planted in the same place all the time, like with their kids right. and, their, and their life is innately connected. And right. in showbiz, it just kind of threatens to pull mm-hmm. you apart. Like my longtime therapist said, he has a lot of actors that do uh, go off and do movies, you know, big name actors, and they have rules. Some of them have rules that they're not doing meals with their co-stars because there's going to be a danger. They're all playing right. love interests mm-hmm. on camera. Right. There's a danger. How often do you hear that story? Right. So I feel like showbiz relationships, especially, and that's assuming I would like be in something with someone in showbiz or peripherally maybe in showbiz, because mm. I just feel like that's who I connect with. I connect with artists. Right. And create, yeah. I just, it's such a specific like level of understanding you need, I think, to be with a showbiz woman. Um, and again, that doesn't mean I count other people out, but I just feel like that's inevitably what would happen in my world. But I do think you have to kind of have this balance of... It is balance. Balance, like, I want someone to be not micromanaging my life or, right. like, distrusting of me, but that, but I want them to be engaged There's in what I'm doing. There's a lot of things that are unsaid in my relationship with my wife, and I believe why we have lasted for 29 yes, years. Yes, do tell. It, no, I, I, I think mean, why am I talking about it? I know No, nothing. no, no. It, uh, <laughs> look, we, it's a team effort. Yeah. And it took a while to get to that team effort. You pick up the slack here, okay, oh, and then I'll pick up the slack over here. And we don't necessarily, we're in a groove now, so mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have to talk about what that is unless it's, okay, because I'm old and I'm starting to forget things. Don't forget <laughs> to do this, this, that, or the other thing. But there's also something called communication. Yes, that's, she, that's if, it. That's a key. If she that's needs, key. let's say my wife is going to New York and she's doing this huge show, I'm like, Cool, New York during the holidays. I'm coming. She's like, no, you're not. No, you ain't. You ain't coming. I'm like, honey, I'll just stay in the room. She said, 
that will take me out of focus for the job I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. And I'm like, cool. How cool. How's that? Clarity. That's clarity. It is clarity, and, and I respect that. And, and, you and know, if you have, you'll find a partner who will respect what your needs are, yes. and you'll do the same for him. And by and the way, one thing that's key for me, and I've learned this about myself, and I'm like this in, in my friendships that are super active and close and here in this town. I am a 24-7 person. My phone is on. Yeah. If you need me, you call. And if and I want in a partner that, like, again, doesn't mean that someone can't say, I need to, you know, what if I say I need to go off to a beach by myself with a book and do yoga and clear my head or whatever. But I'm still going to have some way being reachable. I'm going to yeah. have some way being right. reachable to that one person. Like, that is key for me. I think that that's, like, I'm an everyday person. I think you show up for each other every day, you know, in that way. That 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 per, that, that continuity and that reliability and that's why they're I that like one. being accountable. That's why they're that one. Right. There is the one. Right. And he's coming and that's for my other He's thing. coming for you by the that's way. That's my other yeah. thing. Do you guys think it's it's like the master plan and there's the one or do you have choices along the way? Well, bad question for me because when I met Julie, I was in high school, and I knew she was the one. Wow. That's a great question for you, then. I love it. I, I still I, believe that, and I believe yeah, that you married. can't mess up the master plan. I think it's going to happen. The master plan's happening no, no matter what you do. It's not about when, though. It's about who. It's like I agree with I, that. I would have easily been happy married at 21 years old if I would have found my wife. You're right. And, and it was about who. I just kept going until it was like, there it is. Right. Well, look, that's why I didn't end up getting married, and that's why I don't have kids. Because in right. theory, I had a picture of it, but the actual person didn't come along that made that picture come to life. And so I went, okay, well, I guess that wasn't my picture. I mean, it was a picture. Right, right, right. But that's, the picture is not your life. Love you. Thank you Aww, so I love you, Thank you. much. Joe, I love Joey, Joey. I was going to say, get a room. Uh, well, what do you think of that, you guys? Music on the run with Debbie Gibson. Deb, I love you. Um, thank you for doing this. Hey, if you want to see so this fun. on video, uh, go to the website, musicontherunpodcast.com. And we'll show you how to do that. Dot com. Dot com. And that's the only way you're going to get to see the boots and the ponytail. So oh, run, yeah. do not walk. And your kitchen for that matter. Mike, no one, I know. You just hit me with that. The kitchen. Hit me the, with your pigtail. <laughs> ponytail. Come on and hit me with a pigtail. My TV room and PlayStation room. That's oh, where the next is. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Da, Thanks so much, St. Paul Peterson. Da, 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 this is Music on the Run. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> I Thank you wait. so I'm, much, I'm Joe. Having a I'm having trouble. We'll see you next you. time. <laughs> Ow, we out. Peace, yo, we out of here. What? Music on the Run was recorded and hosted by yours truly, produced by my buddy Davide Razo, video production by Ivan Sevastianov, lots of help by my buddy Joe Finger, and thanks to Debbie's assistant, Xander Laird, for running the third camera. Until next time, don't forget, flatulence is an attribute. What a great podcast with none other than Debbie Gibson. Debbie, thank you so, so much for your willingness to come on our podcast. Uh, we love you. I love you. Let me speak in the first person. Debbie, I love you. Thank you so much. My whole family loves you. You're such an incredible human. Uh, I, I love your heart. I love your talent. And I love how you love your fans. Next week on Music on the Run, Eric Hutchinson. Until then. Paul Peterson, this is Music on the Run. Have a great couple of weeks.